Welcome to the weekly message from Rhema Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rhema.org.au forward slash media. I have a saying, another saying, besides I can't abide defeat and I will not quit. In fact, I, I, that's the title of one of my books and my sister said to me, she said, well, Ken, that's, that's, you always have been that way all your life. I said, I know. I said, I said, but it's a good title to the book. But I have another saying. It says, the natural and the supernatural coming together make the explosive force for God. Anybody that's ever trained at Rama Bible College, uh, you've heard me say that many, many times. But it's not all natural and it's not all supernatural, but when they come together, it makes the explosive force for God. So that's what I want to talk about this morning, unleashing the explosive force of God. You see, everybody wants to see God move more in their lives. And I'm sure all of us wants to have a, a better future than what we got right now. I mean, we're always looking uh, to better things and to make things better. And if you want to do that, you need, you need to learn how to tap in to the explosive force of God. Now I want to look at an incident in the ministry of Jesus with Peter. In Luke chapter 5, verse uh, 4, and I'm going to read from the NIV. I, read, I, I do NIV, New King James, and NLT. And occasionally I'll bring in the message because I like it. it sometimes we need to read some of these from other other translations helps us get a better feel for what was going on and another thing and let me just throw this in I'll do a little more teaching here we, we have more time at this service I can go as long as I want to the first service I got I got a time limit because we got to get out so you can get in <laughs> but on this service we ain't got anybody else to get in here so I can preach as long as I want to okay <laughs> which will be about 35 minutes because <laughs> that's what I do 35 to 40 minutes is, my, is, is what I do. And, and uh, I learned a long time ago that uh, if, you, if you speak longer than the seat of the pants that people are sitting in the pew can endure, you're not, they don't get anything. And then if you ever look at the educational system, you'll find out that any lecture-type class goes 45 minutes, 50 at the, at the longest, because they say that's when the attention span starts to go away. Unless it happens to be a lab class where you're moving around and so forth, then those can be, can be longer if anybody knows anything about the educational system. So sometimes we, need to, we preachers need to borrow a, a page and realize that, uh, you know, uh, people can, once they get past a certain point, they quit listening. Now they may be sitting there, but they're not getting. All right, let's go. He, Jesus, said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered and said, Master, we have worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I'll let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled the partners in the other boat to come and help them. So they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. Now, I want you to notice three things here. I want you to notice natural, 
supernatural and the explosive force of God. Now, let's look at the natural. Notice that Peter, he said here, we worked hard all night and we didn't catch anything. Now, have you ever worked really hard and worked and worked and at the end you had nothing to show for it? Anybody ever been there? You know, I don't know about over here, but I know in America, uh, sometimes in the USA, sometimes uh, people make investments and end up with nothing. And that, of course, I guess that don't happen over here. I guess that's not there. You know, I, I've noticed any prospectus that I've ever been given for an investment, at the end, it always has a clause that says, you could or might lose money. Anybody ever notice that all those prospectuses always has that? You know what? In the Word of God, I never found that clause. I always found that God said he would bless you. That's another sermon. I'll, I'll preach that some other time. You know, but we need to realize that God has called us to the abundant life. You know, not a lack of lack and want and nothingness, but he's called us to the abundant life. And John 10, 10, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. He said he's come that we might have life, but then he adds more abundantly. That means above just living, that means taking another step. You know, have you ever noticed that in our humanity or our mankind that we can't do it. We, we can't do it all. We often find out that our knowledge is not enough. Our strength is not enough. Our resources are not enough. We need help. And when Jesus said to Peter, go out into the deep, it says when they had done so, when they had done so. See, Peter had to go right back out where he had been all night and had not caught one fish. He pulled him nets up and they were empty. That's a bad feeling to pull the nets up, especially when your livelihood depends on your fishing. And there's no fish. <laughs> I tend to imagine that when Jesus said, go back out there and let down your nets, I tend to imagine that in Peter's mind, he thought, no way, that's crazy. Already done that. Already tried that. It didn't work. Hello. You know, when he, when he went out there to let the dads down, his mind probably was telling him, man, this is crazy. This is crazy. You know, a lot of times God asks us to do some things that we might not think is the exact thing that we should do. But if you're going to get the, if you're going to get the supernatural, you've got to do in the natural first, then the supernatural, and then you have an explosive force for God. Now, the, obedience gives God something to work with. Your obedience gives God room 
to work in your life. Now, let's, I'll talk about me because I know you don't want me to talk about you, and besides that, I don't know nothing about you. But, and people don't, but I was associate pastor with my father-in-law. I did everything but handle the finances. He, he and mom did that, and I, I did a little bit in some of the youth area and stuff. But I preached every Sunday. Every Sunday night I preached. I preached some on Wednesday, and then if he has gone on, on the Sunday morning or sometimes even when he was there, I would preach. And God began to say, go work for your dad. That's the last thing in the world I wanted to do. In the night, and I went, not with any preaching responsibilities whatsoever. I went to work with my father at Kenneth Hagin Ministries as a crusade director, traveling all over the United States, dealing with civic centers and hotel ballrooms, setting up these crusades. And then I was the MC, and she played the piano. I run the book tables, and the, we had 200 individual cassette tapes that I had to keep charge of. We didn't have the albums. And no preaching responsibilities. Now, for six years, or almost six years, I've been preaching every weekend, sometimes twice. And I was in charge of all the youth and all kinds of stuff. And now, here I am, traveling all over the United States, setting up crusades, no preaching responsibilities whatsoever, doing manual labor, loading and unloading boxes of books and sound systems and setting them up and getting up and being the MC of everything and making all the announcements and doing all that and then running back and helping Lynette at the book table. And I even had one of some of my preaching buddies that I went to Bible school with said, man, you took a step backwards, Hagen. You ain't even preaching. What's the matter? You know, in the natural, it didn't look like that I should be doing that. But that's what God said. See, in the natural, it didn't look like Peter should go back out there and let the net down. In the natural, it looked like I had went backwards. But I would never be where I am today if I hadn't have taken that natural step and obeyed God. That's the reason a lot of people, they're wondering why they're not blessed. Well, they're not blessed because they haven't, they haven't taken the natural step that God wanted them to take because it wasn't what they wanted to do. It wasn't comfortable. Come on now, don't look at me like I fell out of a tree. I did, but I didn't land on my head. God will sometimes put you in a position in the natural that's not comfortable. But when you get yourself in that position, then you make a way then because you're in the natural where you're supposed to be, then the supernatural can come in and take over and all of a sudden there's an explosive force for God. Hello, Deuteronomy 28, 12. I'm not going to go there, but you might want to write down. It said, God a bless." What you ask him to. Well, that's not what that scripture said. He does bless. The, that scripture says he bless what you put your hand to. That's talking about natural. Natural. You know, 
There's not anything supernatural about painting that wall or putting those studs up and putting that wall board up. Somebody said, oh, you know about that? Oh, yeah, as associate pastor, I'm <laughs> if you work for V.E. Tipton, you built uh, Sunday school classrooms, you poured concrete. In fact, at his home going, one of the other associates, one of the other boys said that was an associate. Well, actually, I, he was in my youth group when I was there. And uh, in fact, he's in the ministry because of me. But he got up and he said, if you ever work for V.E. Tipton as an associate, you poured concrete. I've been there, done that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, sometimes we need to realize that there are things in the natural that we are doing. We may not understand why, but this, is, this seems like this is where God has got us right now. Be but because you're willing and obedient to do that, then God can work in your life. Come on now. Don't sit down on me now. You know, Peter could have said, hey, listen, Jesus, we worked all night. I'm tired right now. Let me go sleep a while, and then I'll come back and do it. And can you imagine his fishing crew when he told them we're going back out there? They just got everything cleaned up and put ready, got it all ready to go for the next day. You know, if you ever know anything about commercial fishing, when they come in, one, after they come in, they, they sell their catch for their livelihood, then they have to take and, and make sure all the nets are fine and clean and, and, and stacked the way they're supposed to, and everything has to be put back into position for the next day. They probably had just got all of that done, and now Peter says, we're going back out there. They probably said, Peter, you're crazy. We fished all night. We didn't catch anything. Why are we going right back out there where we were? But Peter said, at your word, I'll do it. See, he had, in the, before that catch could ever come into those nets, before the supernatural could ever make an explosive force, he had to do something in the natural. And that was get back in that boat and go right back out there where he had been all night and didn't catch anything. See, God said he'll bless what you put your hand to. God can't bless laziness. Somebody said, well, I don't like that. Well, maybe you don't, but uh, it's the truth. You see, I've had Ramah students. They'd say, oh, bless God, I'm believing God. I'm not going to work. I'm going to believe God for my food. And I said, yeah, you're going to starve doing that too. God said he'd bless what you put your hand to. I said, get up and go out there and go to work, and you'll find out that God will give you a job. He'll bless it, and you won't have to work as many hours. You know, sometimes to get the blessing of God, we've got to get up, put our feet in action, and go to work. You know, I, I have, I have Ramah students through the years sat around saying, oh, I'm believing God for a job. I'm believing God for a job. I said, well, I said, you believe in God for a job? Yeah. I haven't got one yet. I said, have you went out and looked for one? Oh, no, I'm believing God for a job. I said, I just drove down 71st Street out there, and I saw five different businesses that had a sign up said, Hiring. Have you been to any of those? Oh, no, I'm believing God for a job. 
I don't tell you, I told him, I told him, I told that old boy. I said, I want to tell you something. There's no employer that's going to come down here and knock on your apartment door and say, hey, I got a job for you, John. I said, if you'll get out and put some legwork in and knock on a few doors in the natural, then God will bring the supernatural and you'll have an explosive force and get a job. Hello, come on now. I got some people with me. The rest of you look at me like, what in the world is he talking about? I'm talking about you doing something in the natural so the Word of God can begin to begin to work in your life. Have you ever noticed the Word of God says all the time you read the Word of God, it says, if you do this, then God will do this. If you do this, then God will. Anybody ever notice that in there? I got four people out of this whole crowd that raised their hand. I guarantee you there are more of you that understand that than those four. You know, what God is doing in the natural, you have to do, get up and do something in the natural. When you get up and start doing something in the natural, then you have to put your faith in action and believe that the supernatural is going to come into effect. Hello. Now, it's not all natural, but there's this natural side. But the supernatural side over here cannot come into effect until you do something in the natural. This is always available, but it sets dormant, and it's the, the power is there. But until you do something in the natural, this can't move. It stays put. It takes both the natural and the supernatural working together to make the explosive force for God. You need to write that down and remember it. Natural, supernatural, coming together, make the explosive force for God. It's not all natural, it's not all supernatural. See, as the head of Rhema, there's a lot of natural stuff and business stuff that has to go on. There's some people that throw, once they start believing God for things, they throw out all their natural. That's the, no. Use everything that you've learned in the natural, put the supernatural with it, and you've got something going on. I mean, they, I tell people all the time, you have to manage with good business principles and then apply the Word of God to it. I mean, there's a lot of people, I'm believing God. Well, I, I know, I believe God too. But if the economy turns down, God's not making any money. He's not raining any money out of heaven. It comes from the people down here. If they ain't got it, they can't give it. So you got to learn how to cut back, even in your own personal life. You can still believe God, and God can come through, but you got to learn to have act with the natural with the supernatural so you can get say It's not all supernatural over here. Now, no, that goes against the grain. If you want to hear a good teaching on finances, I just got through doing a, a, a whole session called Financial Fitness at, at Raymond Church series. What was it? Four sessions, I believe there was, or three. I don't know. And you can probably go to Raymond.org and go to the archives, and, and uh, it'll be there. You can listen at it. Now, I, I come crossways with a lot of junk. There's a lot of junk that preachers are putting out there that's pure junk. 
There is no way that somebody can stand on the television and say, okay, this person pledged $1,000, I break their debt. That does nothing but tear a piece of paper. Doesn't break any debt. The only way you're going to break debt is to quit spending more than you make. I mean, that's just good. Now, when you start doing something in the natural like that, then God can come in with the supernatural and begin to make some things happen in your life. Oh, I, I really, I nailed down on it. But some of these people don't like what I do. But hey, when, they, when they've had as much experience as I have had, and they preach as long as I've preached, and they have sat under the greatest faith teacher that this uh, modern day has ever known, then they got a right to say something. Until then, keep their mouth shut. <laughs> I'm 76 years old, and I've, I've learned a lot. Oh, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be 76 in September of this year. And I've learned some things, and there's a lot of things that people do and say that are not the Word of God. It's their own teaching. Oh, I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting where, I'm going where angels fear to tread now, but I do it anyway. I'm tired, I'm tired of God's people being, being uh, manipulated with psychology. I got 22 hours of psychology in my degree plan. I got 30 hours of Bible and 30 hours of theology and all the other history and English and all that other junk you have to take. I do know a little bit. I do have, in fact, I have an honorary doctor's degree. I don't ever use it. I mean, I don't ever even talk about my degrees. These, some of these people go around, you got to call them doctor this and doctor that, and they didn't even go past the eighth grade. <laughs> they, wrote a re they wrote a resume of their life and sent it in with, their, with money, and somebody sent them back a doctor's degree. That don't make them a doctor. Come on, I mean, I'm just, be, I'm just being honest. It's about, people need to get honest. Don't try to be something you're not. You know, somebody says, well, what are you? Are you an evangelist? You're a pastor? You're an apostle? You're a prophet? What are you? I say, I probably fit all of the categories, but it doesn't make any difference. I said, my main purpose is to preach to people and to get people born again and let people know that they have authority as a believer and they can live a good life. They don't have to live below and, and under. They can live above with God. Hallelujah. That, hallelujah. Glory to God. Good teaching. Go ahead, Hagen. I believe I will. Thank you. I learned a long time ago, if nobody else inspires me, I inspire myself. The first clue to the explosive force happening was when Peter said, is, is when Jesus said, go out there and let the nets down. See, that's the first clue. See, we need to know what God wants us to do. Then we have to do what God says to do. Or act would be another word you would say. Act on what God wants us to do. When you do, then that gives an opportunity for the explosive force of God to come into action because you got the natural and you got the supernatural. They come together, they make the explosive force for God. Okay? When we put our hand to something, when we do something, 
with what the Word of God says, then we make explosive power available. It's not all up to us, but it's partly up to us. It's not all up to God, but it's partly up to God. It takes both. It's what God and you do together that makes the explosive force. Mother Teresa had a saying, she said, you can't do what I can do, and I can't do what you can do, but together we can get the job done. You can't do what God does, and God don't do what you do, but together you'll get the job done. Hello, you, gotta, you get that? Together, you and God, make it happen. I told my kids when they were at home, now they both grown and got kids of their own. I got a, I got a 20-year-old grandson, a 17-year-old, a 14, a 14, and a 10. Craig has three, and Denise has two. The older, the, the older one, he's a race car driver, he, and he, he drove midget race cars. I forget what y'all call them over here. In fact, the guy he drove for, drove, drove for a couple years ago, he comes over here, Davey Ray's his name, and he wins everything over here. He is wanting Kim to come over and run, and I said, well, you find him a sponsor, and he can. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, I, uh, I went to my first race car, one race, dirt race track when I was 15. I've liked it ever since. My, my ministry out of the pulpit, my personal ministry is at that race track. I, am, I, I go through those pits, and they, Pastor Hagin, can I talk to you? And I minister to them. I talk to them. I pray at the, at the midget race cars in Tulsa. They have the biggest race in the world indoor. They come from Australia, New Zealand, all over to ride, drive there. Cameron drove last, the last three years in it. And I, I pray every night there. I walk through the pits. I have an opportunity to minister one-on-one -on -one with people. That's my ministry outside of this right here. See, sometimes ministers only have this place to, they only minister here. I, I, that's my personal ministry, one-on-one -on -one with those guys out there. I mean, I'll tell you a little story. I'm walking through the pits, and I see this guy, and he's got his leg up, and he, he has got a scab from the knee all the way to the top of his foot, and it's just laying wide open. And I would met him a couple, uh, couple years before. His son was driving. And I said, man, what in the world? He said, well, I was working on the car, and it fell off the jack, and it scraped down my, my shin bone, and it's been this way for six months. The doctors cannot get it to scab over. They can't get it to heal. It's just sitting there. And I said, hey, man, you mind if I pray for it? He said, no, man, I'd like that. I didn't make no big scene and casting out down. I just put my hand on his shoulder. He's sitting there in the chair with his leg propped up. I just put my hand on his shoulder and said, thank you, Lord, for the healing power of God going in this body right now. This leg is healed in Jesus' name. He come back next year, and he said, man, he said, my leg had, would not scab for six months. He said, the next day, when I got up, we got up to leave to go home, my, it was starting to scab. By the time I got back home and went to the doctor, the whole thing was scabbed over and the doctor said what in the world's going on he said well how's that happen the man said well it's God he said this preacher guy that's what he called me 
He said, this preacher guy, he's, he loves racing, and his, son, his grandson races, and he sought her the chaplain down there, and said, he just put his hand on my shoulder and just prayed for me, and the thing started scabbing up, and the doctor said, well, it sure wasn't anything we done. He said within six weeks, his leg was normal. You couldn't even tell it had been anything wrong with it. Hey, now, I want to show you something. Why did I tell you that? I did something in the natural to call the supernatural into existence and it caused an explosive force that healed the man's leg. You, anybody getting a hold of what I'm talking about today? Hallelujah. I don't know. I get excited about this because, you see, it's when the natural and the supernatural come together that you get that explosive force for God. You know, we have to do what God says to do in the natural for something to happen in the supernatural. Remember in Acts 1, verse 4, and in verse 8, it said, Then he gave this command to them, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. Then drop down to verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy, Ghost, Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, ends of the earth, to the ends of, ends of the earth. Now, I want you to notice something here. I'm just going to make a passing statement. First of all, you, they went to their home, Jerusalem. Then they went to their country, Judea. Then they went to Samaria, which is the place they hated the most. If, you'll do, if you do study, I had a course called the, the Life and Times of Jesus, and you studied that. The Jew at that time would walk 10 miles out of their way not to walk through the country of Samaria. That was the next door country. They didn't like them. And he said, then you go there. Then you go to the world. Have you ever noticed people have it backwards? They want to go to the world first? Oh, that's some good teaching there. <laughs> now let's look at Acts 2. Acts 2. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly they, they sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with tongues as the Spirit enabled them. I want you to notice something here. They were told to go do something in the natural. What was that? Go wait in the city of Jerusalem until the power came. There's nothing supernatural about that. That's all natural. But when they stayed there and waited, then the supernatural came into effect. You see, we have got to realize that we have to do the natural first, and then the supernatural comes in and makes an explosive force for God. Where the natural and the supernatural intersect, then there becomes an explosion of the power of God. And that's what you've got to do with your life. That's how you've got to live. You have got to get to the point that you would do in the natural what God is asking you to do or what you know to do in the natural. And then let the supernatural come in and when they intersect, there will be an explosive force for God. Somebody say, I'm believing God for my finances. Then do what you know to do in the natural. Hello? I do that all the time. I go all the way back to when Craig, when Craig was born. Before he was born, I'm associate pastor down there in Garland. 
And my wife and I, we, we were praying. We said, all right, Lord, wait, we, we don't have the finances for this, to pay for this. And one of the men in my church, he came up to me and he said, hey, Ken, he said, you, uh, listen, I'm over this whole construction. They were building a huge, huge place called the New World, and it was all housing addition. And he said, the city will not let the city of Dallas will not let us put out these signs until after midnight on Friday, and they have to be picked up by five o'clock on Sunday on Monday morning. He said, "Would you like this job? It's it it pays twenty five dollars a week." I said, "Yeah." Now, was that any fun? No, but I went out there and I put them signs out, ever in the natural, doing everything in the natural. When it comes time to pay for that, I had the money. Now somebody said, well, yeah, that's all nothing. No, it, it was the, it was, there was the natural opportunity. When I took it, then there it was. I want you to understand. You have to use what you have in the natural and use your faith to tap into the supernatural and you will release the explosive force for God. Hallelujah. Anybody get anything out of this this morning? Bow your heads, please. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the word today. I've simply tried to inspire these people to realize that it's not all supernatural, but it's not all natural. It's whenever they put their natural ability, their natural knowledge into work, that then your supernatural knowledge, your supernatural comes into effect and it makes an explosive force for God. May each of us get a hold of this tonight, today. And may we go and may we make our lives what you want them to be a life full of of joy and happiness and peace and prosperity i thank you for it in jesus name and everybody said amen thanks for listening we're always encouraged to hear how god is using this ministry to change lives if you have a story you would like to share about how god is working in your life please let us know and send us an email at church at If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at rhema.org.au.